0: Hallelujah. Amen. How many know, How many are glad to be saved in this place? Amen. amen. On our way to heaven. How many know that's an awesome thing? Yeah. And We're on our way to heaven. I don't take that lightly. I always have to just remind ourselves of that when we get down on ourselves. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise God. And again, it's a, it is a privilege uh, to be able to minister to uh Uh, You guys this evening, I thank my pastor, as always, for the opportunity to minister. I want to give a shout out to Brother Danny uh, for the awesome job he does in translation and everything, but also uh, with this uh, sermon, I actually got this thought from him, so shout out to my boy Danny in the bank. Amen. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 26, 24 through 28. Book of Acts, chapter 26, 24 through 28. Hallelujah. I found this story a while ago uh, about a young woman, uh, and a story uh, of this woman who swimmed in a marathon. Uh, the marathon consisted of a two-mile swim, and as, all the, as they began to take off, her and all the competitors took off to begin the race, many of them gave up, Before the first mile mark, um, while others had given up a little past the mile mark. But the young girl took off on a goal to achieve something that no one had done, which was to complete this two mile swim. She wanted to set a record that no one uh, has been able to set. And as she has passed the mile mark, her parents and friends uh, and colleagues, uh, seeing that all the other competitors have already given up, uh, and that they had technically uh, that she had technically already won the race, they begin to yell at her: "Stop! Uh, they've already given up. Uh, you've already won. No need to go anymore. You already are the champion." But little did they know, is that she was after something bigger. So she kept on swimming no matter what people were shouting uh, in the water. The water at nighttime began to get freezing and cold, getting dark and foggy, and she couldn't even see uh, that much ahead. Uh, and then she began to see, couldn't see how far the other side. After feeling very tired and along with everyone still screaming, you already won, she raised her hand and they jumped in the water and carried her to shore. When she was able to see to get to shore, and was able to see how close she was to the finish line, she took a, de- a deep breath and said, "I almost did it." She said, "My goal was to set a record, and not just outlast my competition." You know, I begin to think about this race, and how many know that you and I tonight are also in a race. Amen. A race that you and I are called to finish. You know, but the reality of this is this woman began to talk uh, about, uh, you know, her falling short. Uh, She mentioned the word almost. In other words, uh, if it wasn't for people screaming and various different things, uh, she probably would have been more in tune uh, to set out for the goal that she wanted to accomplish, which is not just beat her opponents, but do something that no one has done. Now, how many know if we're going to press towards the mark, the, the goal as Paul famously said, that how many know that we're not going to get there by almost doing it? Can you say amen? And I want to preach a sermon that I've entitled When Almost Isn't Enough. When almost isn't enough because many times in life as we begin to strive, as we Go as we do things for God or we get involved. Uh, Many times, uh, you know, and I'll talk about this later, the enemy has a way of having us to settle with almost completing something. And when you begin to think about life as a Christian, how many know there are certain things that we just can't almost do? But there has to be a completion. There has to be a goal, a mark uh, that you and I uh, don't fall short of the finish line. Again, when almost isn't enough. In the book of Acts, there's an account of a king that almost became a, G, uh, became a Christian, but he came short. Verse 26, chapter 26, 24 through 28 says, Now as thus made uh, his defense, uh, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you are beside yourself. Um, Much learning is driving you mad. But he said, I am not mad, uh, most noble Festus, but speak the words of truth and reason. Uh, For the king before whom I also speak freely uh, knows these things, for I am convinced that none of these things escapes his attention. Since this thing was done in a corner, and then King Agrippa, he said, King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you believe. And then King Agrippa said to Paul, you almost, somebody say almost, Almost. persuaded me to be a Christian. Let us play church. Heavenly Father, God, I do thank you, God, for this time, God. God, I ask God that every Christian, every believer in this place don't have the attitude of almost doing something, but God, I pray, God, you will give us the strength to finish them. Um, God, you will give us uh, a, a, a determination, God, to cross uh, whatever finish line, whatever task, God, whatever you will have for us, God. Uh, for those are your expectations. God, help us not settle uh, for this almost mentality, God. Uh, I pray, God, right now, God, um, move upon us, God. We ask all these things uh, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, uh, and all God's people said, amen, amen, and Amen. You know, I'm sure that most of us have heard the expression that almost only counts in the game of horseshoe and hand grenades. To almost hit your target uh, with a, a grenade, or almost to get the, the, to get a ringer, sometimes it's good enough. Uh, sometimes it's all you need uh, to to win. You know how many know you know with a grenade? If I was trying to aim for that particular wall, and I got a little close to it, uh, you know, based on what that grenade is able to do, uh, you know, it would be effective because uh, everything in that in that vicinity would be destroyed. In that case, uh, almost getting close to where I want it to may be good, but how many know that this almost rule is not universal as it does not apply in all areas? You know, a lot of times it's not good enough, and frequently most many times, almost means we lose. While doing research on the word almost, some experts deem this word as one of the saddest words in the English Dictionary. One of the reasons for this is because it falls short of accomplishing things. Consider some defining moments in sports. How many of you know, for instance, what good is it almost uh, for an athlete to almost break a world record? I can promise you no one uh, in the Genesis book World Record is going to remember you. Nobody uh, in the sports world is going to remember the person who almost made the winning shot. How many of you know they remember the person who hit the winning shot? Not almost. No one knows about that person. No one remembers, uh, 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 you, know, uh, uh, you know, they only remember the one who broke it. How many know what good is it to almost hit a home run if you fall short? You didn't hit a home run. Oh, you hit that ball pretty far, but it didn't go over the wall. What good does it for a football player to almost have caught a touchdown? That's some of y'all teams. How about the Buffalo Bills? If you know your sports history, uh, these, this team went to four straight Super Bowls. They've never been done since then. But guess what? They lost all four. They almost won. They got there, but they lost. My beloved Atlanta Falcons <laughs> still have nightmares. They're up 28-3 to against the New England Patriots. In the third quarter, with only two minutes left, anybody know football knows that that game is over. That game is done. I remember it was like it was yesterday with me, James, and a couple folks. I'm talking trash. I'm out there, man. By the end of the night, I'm like this. Because we almost won a Super Bowl. I rebuked that Patriots team. Any diehard person, sports team, almost won or two words that are just gut wrenching. How many know there is no second chance? There is no trophy uh, for almost wins. There are no cheers and banners and victory celebrations for almost winning in life in general. How many know almost doesn't quite seem all that appealing? How about what a a spouse would accept their spouse's explanation uh, that he or she was almost faithful? How many know it doesn't do any good to tell the police who pulled you over? Well, officer, I almost was doing the speed limit. I want you to film me this we're going somewhere. Stay with me. What parent would accept from their child that they almost cleaned their room, but they just got too busy? <laughs> I wish he would. The Bible itself could have many almost stories. The Bible would have been different if people only went halfway. And thought that almost was good enough. What if David would have almost. Beat Goliath. What if Noah would have almost. Built the ark. If Moses would have almost. Led the Israelites out of Egypt. If Ezra would have almost. Rebuilt the temple. If John the Baptist would have almost. Prepared the way. For our Lord and Savior. If these men only went part of the way. It wouldn't have been enough. Can you say amen church. I want to look at the reality of almost. See, almost implies being slightly short of something, perhaps a goal or something uh, that's to be achieved. I want to look at almost uh, as it pertains to life. Verse 26 through 27 it says, for the king knoweth of these things uh, before whom also i i speak freely for i am persuaded that none of these uh, are hidden from him uh, for this thing uh, which uh, uh, was done uh, uh, in a corner king agrippa believes uh, you the prophets i know that you believe here's paul notice paul didn't ask agrippa if he believed in jesus uh, he asked instead uh, he said do you believe the prophets uh, Paul did this because he knew that if Agrippa did believe the prophets, then truth and reason would lead him to believe upon Jesus. Paul wanted to connect what Agrippa already believed to what he should believe. With this, Paul brought the challenge and a point of decision directly to Agrippa, which he replied, You almost persuaded me. See, the reality of King Agrippa's reply is especially sad. Because almost being a Christian means that he almost could have had eternal life. He almost could have been delivered from judgment of hell. But see, almost isn't enough church. And see, rather than being admired for how far he did come, um, what should be more of a significance is how he condemned himself even more by admitting how close he had come to the gospel. He clearly understood it, yet he rejected it. See, spiritually speaking, the words almost saved have far more sobering consequences tonight. How I many know almost persuaded to be a Christian is like a man who was almost pardoned, but uh, he was hanged? Like the man who was almost rescued, but he was burned in the house? Think about this, church. Consider all the people that you yourself talk to. Rather, that was on outreach and said that almost made a decision. That almost made a decision. How many of you you can begin to talk to people and you feel it, right? They, they want to pray, you know, but various different dynamics. They're like right there. And you're like, come on, man, you know you're on your way to hell, bro. You just told me, matter of fact. But here it is, they're on the brink of a decision. And almost, how I many know that's a decision? Almost could have changed their life people that almost were on the brink of surrender their life uh, to Christ uh, end up in the same category of King as King Agrippa how many know if you and I have a dollar for all the people that we talked to over the years uh, that would have made a decision we'd be some rich people if they made a decision tonight see my friend this is indeed going to be a sad reality for many people and that is that many people are going to look back when it's all said and done and said, uh, I almost made a decision to live for God. How many know in places like hell they have a real memory, the Bible says? Amen. Right there in Luke, he remembered. See, for someone who almost made a decision to live for God isn't good enough. And see, this is the harsh reality, Church. About almost. Listen, that's why when I, you know, again, I talk with people and they don't make a decision, uh, my heart breaks for them. Considering how people are so close, I think about people that actually made a decision to live for Christ, uh, yet they are not making that same decision for Jesus right now. Uh, the Bible calls them backsliders. People that have given their life to Jesus, they're surrendering their hearts to God, but now, uh, as of today, as it speaks, uh, they're no longer living for God. You know, at some point, backsliders were people that were living for God. That's why they're backsliding. How many people you know made a decision for Christ? However, they're not making that decision today. He's going to be some of the most miserable people who only stemming for God that they almost made. Especially for the people that actually knew. Scripture says it's better for you to not even been born. This brings me to the almost Christian. You know, the reality is, it isn't just those that were on the brink, uh, uh, people that are making uh, on the brink of making a decision to live for God that fell victim to this almost syndrome. It's not just those that used to live for God that fell victim to this almost mentality. In fact, many professing Christians have also fallen victim to the almost mindset That is also, uh, again, uh, the almost Christian who has accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior have put their hope in God, uh, yet uh, they are at best only stirred to do something, almost. Perhaps they were once stirred about getting involved in ministry. Uh, They were almost there. They were almost wanting to tell pastor that, hey, I feel like God really stirred me, but they never do. perhaps they almost was convinced to bring forth a good idea that can be a blessing to the house of God perhaps they almost challenged themselves to do something different and believe God for the outcome Almost was about to get in the, on the bullhorn. Listen, church, I, I understand getting used to things and and getting uh uh you know uh, the build up to dive into new endeavors. Uh, but listen, when God calls us to something uh, and various different things, and God speaks to you. Uh, I don't mean, know. His expectation isn't for you to almost do it, but to do it. When God has called us to do something or perhaps tested us to do something, uh, He's not pleased with us almost completing the task. See, almost tonight definitely means uh, that there uh, was some excuse implemented to explain uh, some type of failure or lack of completion. Some type of uh, failure, some type of lack of completion almost often uh, speaks uh, to a factor of laziness uh, and an unwillingness uh, to go the first mile, uh, much less the second mile. I've seen over the years uh, this happen in ministry. People want the fruit uh, of what ministry produces, uh, but don't want to put the necessary time in to produce fruit. God, oh, I want to be involved. I want to do this, etc. How much time? Are we almost getting our studies done? Are we almost, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, uh, not, you know, falling short of various different things? See. This mindset tonight of falling short isn't just for the backslider, isn't just for uh, the person, uh, you know, that made you know, uh, that haven't made a decision for Christ. But we can fall in that category tonight of almost. You know, many recent studies have shown that the values of and ethics of Christians is not all that different from those in the world. In fact, people have put the time and effort into their craft and their worldly accomplishments to go after something uh, and and, and complete more things than some Christians I have towards their own effort and their own faith. For instance, there are people that are not saved tonight. That study books upon hours and hours, uh, trying to be more successful, more eager to, in their career or their school to get their degree. In comparison, uh, some believers won't read uh, and know uh, nowhere close to their Bible in that time. Again, I'm, I'm saying you've got people that are not saved, but because uh, they have a passion and a desire to know, to grow, to learn, and whatever that is. Uh, Studies show that they put, more, they put more our time into their, their you know, their, their, what's important to them than many Christians do in their faith, which is way more valuable than that. Can you say amen? Athletes that are dedicated to spending hours of practice and training in the gyms are, as it pertains to their involvement in their crowd, but many Christians' dedication to time and involvement in the kingdom is not even in comparison sometimes. And so the question is why have these recent studies shown that the values and the ethics of Christians is not all that different from those in the world? The reason I believe is very simple far too many Christians have only gone almost with God. That there's some, there's some cut off. There's a, you know, I've reached my limit. I handle all I can handle. Listen. God isn't thrilled with us going halfway with him, church. Consider the Israelites. You know the story. Here they are. They're at the brink of crossing the promised land. They've been delivered from bondage, set free from Egyptian slavery. They were on the cutting edge, yet they fall short of the goal. They almost made it to the promised land. You know the story. They had to wander around in the desert for 40 years. No, likewise, for many believers, Though they have been delivered, many Christians like the Israelites have stopped far short of the true spiritual greatness that God has for them. Many men and women destinies uh, have been short in regards uh, to their lack of pursuit to follow God. That have gotten, they've risen to a certain uh, uh, point in their life uh, where they're kind of comfortable and settled. Almost has caused many believers to come short of God's purposes and aspirations for their life you know when we read the account of the early Christians about how they were joyful in spite of what uh, 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 of what it seems like unbearable circumstances how did they do it were they better than us did God uh, care more about them was God unable to do for us what he did for them Is Jesus not able to do for us what he did for Paul and give us the strength to endure every circumstance? Is our God running out of power or just losing concern for his people? How do we know the answer to this is no? The problem is not with God. And see, the reason many of the first century Christians uh, uh, had joy in spite of hardship and turned the world upside down is because they did not stop at going almost. Uh, They went all the way that we're willing uh, to go the distance uh, even unto the point of death. See, how are we when it comes to the completion of the will of God in our lives? What do you have for us to do? Can I tell you, church, this must be our heart, we must go the distance with God, can you say amen? We can't just uh, uh, go most of the way, uh, but we must go the distance with God. Paul spoke to going all the way with Christ uh, and not almost uh, when he said in Philippians uh, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Paul knew uh, uh, that death was not a defeat to the Christian uh, and that it was merely a graduation to glory and net gain for the believer. In other words, he was willing to go the distance. Uh, he wasn't stopping at almost completing the task. Uh, uh, the story goes and recall uh, as Paul uh, is headed back to Jerusalem. Uh, they're there uh, telling Paul, uh, don't go. Uh, you know, chains and tribulations and various different things uh, await you. And Paul says, I won't be moved. He says, I'm going in spite, of, I'm ready. I'm ready. Is that you, Church? Paul was ready to go all the way. See again, almost isn't enough to turn the world upside down. We got to go all the way. We have a fellowship. We pride ourselves on this goal, this, this this globe that's on fire. Representing uh, being on fire for Jesus, turning the world upside down. Well, listen, uh, uh, God, uh, uh, you need people that go the distance and not just almost. You see, on the contrary, our adversary Satan strongly approves of the almost mentality. I'm going to look at Satan approved tonight. Satan approved. You know, Satan warrants the almost mentality. He's all for it. He approves of it. You know, it is a Satan's desire that people have an almost mindset as it pertains to the things of God, especially Satan is content uh, with people almost getting saved. How I many know he was happy with the King Agrippa. Considering his influence, think about if he would have got saved. That's the thing, church, uh, your salvation, when you got saved, uh, God has so much more than you in mind when you got saved it was for the people that was in your circle or people that uh, he was going to appoint you t- to witness to to talk to to be around to tell them about this glory and this hope that you and I now have but he was content with a grip almost getting saved you know why because almost doesn't oppose any threat to him when we have, when we're almost about to do something for God enemy loves it Because almost don't get the job done. He's content and grateful that we almost read our Bible today, but we got busy. He's content. He's content that you almost read it. Satan has convinced people to become satisfied with uh, with almost achieving stuff. See, almost has become accepted by people. See, the king didn't want to turn from darkness to light. At the end of the day, he didn't want to turn from the power of Satan to the power of God. He didn't want to receive the forgiveness of sins. He didn't want a place among God's people. He was only flattered by almost being persuaded. See, how many know this is Satan's agenda against the unsaved? That he wants them to stay in their position, having no relationship with God, while they just continue to think about it. You ever talk to people again on outreach? You've talked to them about making a decision? Like, oh, I think about it. I think about it. yeah, you know, I'm, I'm gonna come to church. Like, I ain't ask you about church; I'm gonna ask you about relationship. They change the subject on you, They'll switch gears oh, yeah, on you. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I'm gonna come check you out of church. Okay, that's fine. What about that relationship right now? Mm-hmm. Likewise, church, if the devil can get Christian folks satisfied with the fact that they almost, you know, it, it, he don't he don't just stop there. Any anyway, man, he, he can have he, he have. Uh, Many uh, uh, folks satisfied that they almost made it to church. I almost made it there. I almost got there, Pastor. That's what he does. You know, I've talked and met people that were excited that they almost made it to church. They'll say the things like, man, I was on my way, bro, and then little Jimmy spilled something on his shirt, and we was right in the parking lot, and we had to turn all the way back around. I was like, you better let little Jimmy come in here with that ketchup stain on his shirt. Jimmy, Why you turning around and you in the parking lot? Oh, I get texts like that for real. But they satisfied, and they, their heart, they almost made it. Aren't you proud of me? I was, I was in the parking lot. I was there, man. I was getting ready to walk out. It's like people are proud of their attempt to do things for God, but I actually do it. Pastor, I'm going to come out, but I'm almost, I got to get done with these second-term exams in school. Pastor, I almost made it to early morning prayer, but I just, uh, uh, you know, I got to to get almost out of bed a little early. See, Satan warns and loves the almost mindset because it is here where it becomes our excuses. See, Satan would use other people to try to get us to settle with almost. So you begin to think, why Agrippa? Knowing, uh, you know, the history, knowing the account of Jesus, uh, why was he just almost persuaded? One commentary has it that one answer was the person sitting next to him in Bernice. She was a sinful, immoral companion, and she may have rightly realized that becoming a Christian would mean losing her and his immoral friends. He was unwilling to make that sacrifice. No, can't lose her over Christianity. On the other side of Agrippa sat Festus, a man's man, a man of no nonsense man, a man who thought Paul was crazy. Perhaps a grip of thought, I can't become a Christian. Festival would think I'm crazy as well. Because he wanted to praise the men. He rejected Jesus. And see, although the reasons may be different tonight, and the devices may be different, and how many know this is what the, the enemy will use people in a way to influence us to settle with almost being good enough? He'll use people, how many know saying? they use people to talk you out of things just like this lady doing this stretch of the marathon. She knew that her goal was to break that record. She knew that, you know, she had in mind not just to beat these other uh, uh, competitors, uh, but to reach the finish line. Uh, and as people begin to shout, listen, you already won, et cetera. As she allowed other people to talk her out of where she was headed. Her no Satan to do the same thing. He'll have us giving up. Satan will use bad influences and distractions and make you feel like you don't have to do some things just because you're already saved. I'm saved now. I'm saved now. See, perhaps you're here and there's areas in your life that you've not gone all the way with God. Perhaps there's areas in life that you haven't uh, given your all to like a grip. Or there are things that you almost were willing to do for God but haven't done. I want to tell you there's hope tonight because God has called each and one of us to finish strong. Can you say amen? I want to preach lastly, finishing strong tonight. You know, the finish line is the final point of a process. It is the point in which something has ended or succeeded. You know, think about, again, this young lady swimming this two-mile marathon with me for a moment. Again, her goal was to set this record to complete. Again, she's there and all these other people are talking to her, only for her to get out to look and see how close she was to the finish line. You know, a lot of us are, you know, uh, we've been believing God for praying, praying for things, et cetera. And because things haven't came our way or came to pass, some of us, if we're we stopped praying. We've given up on God. That prayer hasn't been answered in that, in that time frame, et cetera. And I'm telling you this, right here, church, how many know that we got to continue to finish strong? That we have to believe uh, in God, amen. And listen, how many know uh, uh, getting to the finish line takes determination? Can you say amen? I wonder if the lady in the marathon, only if she knew how close she was to crossing the finish line, had far she come, perhaps she would have been more determined to continue. Again, almost doesn't cross the finish line, but determination does. Crossing the finish line, church, uh, takes determination. Again, this finish line uh, tonight represents a completion this finish line represents fulfillment. This finish line uh, signifies something uh, that was started uh, and that something uh, that has been completed. This finish line, as it pertains to spiritual things, represents the will of God uh, as well as our destinies. we uh, where crossing the finish line brings us tonight. How many know that Jesus is the greatest finisher? Can you say amen? Jesus set the mark of what being determined to do in the will of God really looks like in real time. You know, despite incredible uh, pressures and stresses to come, uh, some of his last words was, it is finished. He never lost sight uh, of the finish line. Uh, His finish line was God's will, thus his infamous words in the midst of his greatest difficulty, uh, not my will, uh, but yours. And listen, that has to be the heartbeat of every believer here. That as we begin to uh, uh, go towards the mark, which is Jesus, amen, uh, doing the will of God, uh, walking in the things of God. uh, It is this type of mindset that we have to be determined, just like our Savior, to get to the end. See, this type of determination and perseverance that will prevail us to get to the finish line versus almost. You know, thank God that Jesus didn't almost go to the cross, but that he did, that he, that he, that he came. If we're to be to determined determine to finish strong across the finish line, then we also have to be people that are unmoved. Can you say amen? Yeah. In other words, we can't allow nothing to move us away from the finish line. Again, in Acts chapter 20, 22 through 24, Paul speaks to nothing stopping him from crossing the finish line and doing the will of God. Verse 22, and he, and he says, Now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God Paul didn't know what was ahead of him uh, and, but he had every reason to believe that what was ahead wasn't good but how many know that, that didn't trouble and Paul said in spite of the change and the tribulations that await him he was determined that he wouldn't be moved and how many know church this got to be our mindset that as we go towards the mark amen as we look towards Jesus uh, we have to be like Paul unmovable if we're going to cross the finish line, accomplishing what God has for us. You know, at that finish line, when it's all said and done, as I close, there's some precious words that God is going to utter to every single soul that make heaven their home. And that's that phrase, well done, good and faithful servant. Isn't those some awesome words to hear, church? As we reach the end, as we get to that point uh, when we stand before God, listen, the fact of just thinking about our life and where we come from and how jacked up we was and all the accomplishments that people in the world can accomplish, listen, to make it to heaven, that is the greatest accomplishment ever. And I'm not just talking about from the fact that what we're going to benefit from by being there, I'm talking about the fact that you made it. That's amazing to me. When you think about all the roadblocks, all the obstacles, uh, this devil, amen, uh, that's here trying to destroy, to tempt us, to fall into sin, to say that we made it. That's the ultimate goal. That's a a task that we'll look back on like, wow. How many know that that, that, that determination to get there starts now? Listen, anybody that make heaven at home ain't going to almost make it in. You ain't going to just, you you people, if you go to heaven, you ain't just tripping in heaven. You ain't going to be like, oops, I, I got here. No, no, no. no. There's, there's going to be a determination. There's going to be some things uh, that we fall off. Can you say amen? A lot of fights, a lot of scars, a lot of battles, uh, many different dynamics. Uh, when we get there, we make it there. Church, I encourage you. Listen, life is tough. We go through. Tough things. There's things that come against us. But when it comes down to the things of God, almost ain't good enough. Paul said, I almost, Agrippa said, I almost was persuaded to be a Christian. But tonight, hopefully we are. Can you say amen? We're Christians that have been, we've been persuaded. But listen, that persuasion still goes on because living for God is a decision that we make every day. As we serve God, we press towards the mark, towards the goal. Let us hold true to that, that we must be determined all the way to the finish line. Can you say amen? Every head bow, every eye close in respect to your neighbor.